Thank you for listening to the First Love Podcast from First Presbyterian Church, Jacksonville, Illinois, for Sunday, June 28th, 2020. You will notice some inconsistencies once in a while in a sentence or flow because there were some problems with transmission of the service over the internet on Sunday. All the gaps have been taken out, but please forgive any jumping from one sentence into another that hasn't been completed. It doesn't happen very often. Today's guest speaker is Keith Bradbury. His sermon is titled, Sacrifice. We pray that you have a safe, healthy, and peaceful 4th of July weekend. God bless. Good morning and welcome to you all. Thank you for worshiping with us today. And if you haven't already, please hit the button and let us know that you're here. We get to have fun today since Reverend Warren is on vacation and won't be back until tomorrow. Now, not, and Ellie's going to share more about that in children's time. They're delivering kits today to families, so please contact Elder Tim Chipman if you haven't registered yet. More information is in the bulletin announcements and on our website. Please pray today for Merle Fox and his family as his his sister, Betty Hayes, uh, passed away in Virginia, Illinois, last night. And also, by the grace of God, Merle and Mary had a new great-grandson early this morning. During the opening music today, please comment about where you have seen or experienced God this week. to worship printed in your bulletin. How long, O Lord, how long must we hold on to this pain? How long will the aches of our souls have beyond the past that holds us captive? We will move forward despite the scars. May God's steadfast love heal our spirits. May God's steadfast love help us discover the road to salvation. 
Let us sing with renewed voices. Let us sing of divine generosity. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world, but so that the world might be saved through him. Let us confess our sins before God. Spirit of creation, whose steadfast love drapes the earth, our human limitations shroud us from you, prodding us to unhealthy tendencies. We choose discontent noises instead of melodious sounds of your call. We would rather abide in the vapors of worry and the smog of self-interest rather than breathe the refreshing mist of your grace. May the toxic clouds that confine our spirits dissipate, and may we perceive the light of your grace. Amen. Let us silently confess our sins to the Lord. May the God of mercy, who forgives us of all of our sins, strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Friends, believe the good news. Believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven.
God, our helper, by your Holy Spirit, open our minds that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may be led into your truth and taught your will. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our first scripture reading is from Genesis 22, 1 through 14. Let us listen to the word of God. After these things, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I shall show you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. He cut the wood for the burnt offering and set out and went to the place in the distance that God had shown him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place far away. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac, and he carried and he himself carried the fire and the knife. So the two of them walked on together. Isaac said to his father, Father, and he said, Here I am, my son. He said, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God himself will provide the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So the two of them walked on together. When they came to the place that God had shown him, Abraham built an altar there and laid wood in order. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham, do not lay your hand on the boy or do, or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, The Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, On the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
It's not home where men sell their souls and the taste of power is sweet. Where wrong is right and neighbors fight while the hungry are dying in the streets. Where kids are abused and women are used and the weak are crushed by the strong. Nations gone mad, Jesus is sad, and I don't belong. I don't belong, and I'm going someday home to my own native land. I don't belong, and it seems like I hear the sound of a welcome home band. I don't belong, I'm a foreigner here, singing a sojourner's song. I've always known this place ain't home. I don't belong, don't belong, but while I am here, I'll be living like I've nothing to lose, and while I breathe, I'll just believe my Lord is gonna see me through. I'll not be deceived by Earth's make-believe. I'll close my ears to her siren song. By praising his name, I'm not ashamed, cause I don't belong. I belong to a kingdom of peace where only love is the law. Where children lead and captives are freed and God becomes a baby on the straw. Where dead men live and rich men give their kingdoms to buy back a song. Where sinners like me become royalty and we'll all belong. Yes, I belong and I'm going someday home to my own native land where I'll belong and it seems like I hear sound of a welcome home band. Yes, I'll belong. No foreigner there singing a sojourner's song. I've always known I'm going home where I belong. Yes, I've always known this place ain't home and I don't belong.
Thank you, Donna, for blessing us with that wonderful music. Our second scripture reading is from Matthew 10, 40-42. Listen for the Word of God. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of the prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever even gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. Now Ellie doing double duty today, and she will share a children's message with us. Hi, everybody. It's Ellie, and I am here today to talk to you about VBS, Vacation Bible School, because it is coming up, and I am so excited. I hope all of you are excited for it. And because we are talking about the theme of it today, I brought something to show you. And I don't know if many of you know what this is, but this is a compass. And sometimes we have these on our phones. Sometimes um, we can find them on our cars and things like that. Uh, but what an actual compass does is it points north always. And that, that way, if you can find north, then you can find south, east, and west, and you know your way around. And what's super cool about compasses is that so many great explorers have used them. You know, and this is going back a long ways, okay? And there were some pretty cool people, even in America, that used compasses. But they weren't any great explorers. They were just like you and me. They had families, but they moved long ways before we had roads and it was still prairie and forest. And those people were called pioneers, which is the theme of this year's VBS. And so, you know, VBS is usually, you know, we, we come to the church and we sing fun songs and we have fun activities and lessons and you still get to have some of that even though we're not going to be at the church but the cool thing about this year's VBS is that we have some special crafts for you and we're also going to give you a location where you get to deliver that craft now these, this isn't an address. You can't just type it into Google Maps, okay? I don't know if many of you young folks know what that is. I certainly do. Use it to get everywhere. But I really hope that instead of using your phone or something like that, maybe you try using a compass, like a real compass to show you your way. And I'm sure your parents will help you. They're like longitude and latitude coordinates. I don't even know if I'd be able to find them. But that is the fun of it. You get to be the explorer. You get to be the adventurer. I know it's really hard that we don't get to see 
many people during VBS this year, and we're really going to miss you. But don't worry. We still get to come together as a church family. And you know what? God is always with us, and Jesus will always show us a way, just like the compass. So I hope you have a lot of fun at VBS this week. And I will be watching for you, pioneers. See you later. Oh, but before we go, we do have to say an echo prayer. So we wiggle our fingers, and you're going to repeat after me. Dear God, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you show us the way. Please help me have fun while I worship you this week. Amen. I'd like to uh, begin today by thanking the church's technology staff here. This is awesome. Uh, creating this church-like background is wonderful. Uh, Ellie, Christina, Stephanie, I are actually in the Bahamas, and this makes it look more Sunday-ish if we're here. So, But we'll be back before Jonathan gets here. So, I'd like to thank the worship committee for asking me to speak to you today. I know there are many of you who could have been asked. Well, I may not be the most handsome or the most spiritual guy out there, but I'll tell you what, I'm not the smartest either. Laugh track on, John. Okay, thank you. The miracles of technology again dominate us today, so may your heart be open and your internet signal be strong. Some churches have opted to return to the pews, and some have traded the pews for lawn chairs or automobiles. Some sermons are being delivered from the pulpit and some from the rooftops. It gives new life to the term, shout it from the rooftops. The bottom line is, God doesn't care. None of us are going to abandon our church families or our faith. It can be seven weeks or it can be seven years. Christianity will endure. It's fought bigger battles than this virus. And this is not a sacrifice. This is an inconvenience. Today, I want to talk to each of you as friends and as family. I tire of the news headlines. I don't avoid them, but I tire of them. Well, today, I really don't care who said what or who did what. I don't care what each network thinks is important or what someone threw out there on Facebook. I don't care about celebrity opinions. None of my heroes were their name on their back. No. Today, Today, please sit and hold the hand of someone you're with, or just sit with us and clear your mind. Clear your mind of the worries that haunt you. Most of the worries in your head are there only in rental space. There's no ownership, so kick them out. Sometimes we move too fast, and sometimes we move too slow. In today's world, we often find ourselves distracted from what is important to things that only confuse or torment or 
or angerous. These distractions can not only make it difficult to cope with day-to-day -day living, but also make it hard to find a comfort zone that we can call normal. Normal. With COVID-19 constantly lurking in the darkness, and then a light begins to shine, and we start to talk a lot about the new normal. We, far, we worry far too much about what will be the new normal. After every major event in the history of the world, there is a new normal. After each war, did people adapt to the new normal? After fire destroyed the unchanged? Polio? After Abraham returned from taking his son to the mountains, was his life the same? Of course not. Did people fear these changes? In most cases, they eventually rejoiced in the change. In all cases, the new normal was better than before. But there were sacrifices. Attitudes changed. Livelihoods were lost. Lives were lost. And there is the tragedy. There is the sacrifice. The scripture from Genesis today is, is really hard for us to comprehend. But let's get right into it. Who among us feel that we have sacrificed? And don't confuse sacrifice with inconvenience. We think that at one time or another, or maybe even every day we sacrifice, in our minds we have. But think about being asked to sacrifice your own child your own child. In the deepest, most God-fearing recesses of my mind, I can't even wrap my head around that. No. No. It's hard enough just to read it. Sacrifice your child. Our sacrifices come in small packages and in small doses. Usually it's a sacrifice of, of time or money or perhaps pride. But the life of a child, or any of creatures made in God's own image for that matter. Fortunately for us, most of our sacrifices go unnoticed. They're not noticed by others or even by ourselves. If we knew what was happening, it might affect the way we act or react. And, and if we did that, it would change everything. Everything would be different. If we knew it might even eliminate the sacrifice. Now, let me see if I can tell you a story of sacrifice from our own journey. Our own journey over the last two years. And please, please don't let this bring you down. That's the opposite of my intention. Please listen for the strength and the promise in this story. For that's why I tell it to you. Nancy was a very private person. But it's with her blessing that I bring you this message. This was a two-year journey, so I'll only give you the Reader's Digest version. In May of 2018, we were in Florida with friends. Actually, we were looking at a an area that we thought we might like to retire to, or at least spend some time. 
We'd played golf in the late morning, and we were back at our condo, which was our home for the week. Nancy said she had some pain in her, in her upper left breast, right about here. We thought it was a pulled muscle from playing golf, but it was bad enough that she wanted to go to prompt care and have somebody look at it. Well, the doctor at prompt care was British. He was kind of fun to talk to, but his words were clear. He said, you need to go see your doctor when you get home. It's probably nothing, but why take a chance? Nancy had had a mammogram 45 days before. And it looked good. It looked great. There was nothing even suspicious. Well, we did as he said. When I say we throughout this story, I mean both we and she. I think she went to only two appointments without me. And my sister-in-law went in my place. And then later, she went with the two of us when things started getting rough. Sometimes I refer to her as St. Linda. She's a retired school teacher. And for some reason, Nancy thought, she would have a better listening ear than I do. Well, our doctor immediately sent us to an oncologist who ordered a battery of tests, many, many of which we were familiar with because my brother had had them. He'd had the same test, and we knew nothing, but we soon became experts. We, we understood blood counts and medical terms like a third-year resident. As we waited for the results, we talked a lot. We talked a lot of what-ifs. Well, the answer was a no-brainer. If this was breast cancer, we decided she would have a complete mastectomy and be done with it. We've known so many people who have gone that route with such very good results. And then came our first sit-down with the oncologist after the results were in. She told us it was breast cancer and that it had metastasized, and surgery was not and would never be an option. She said we can try different treatments, but we have little hope of beating this. And that we should begin to get her affairs in order. Well, no time frame was given. But telling Nancy, you can't beat this monster, was a waste of your breath. With her type A analytical brain, she went to work. Don't you dare tell me I can't beat this. Having recently championed my brother's cause in fighting his cancer, she had some pretty major experience to draw on. Her immune system was extremely low, so we were doing the disinfectant thing long before COVID-19. Linda and I kept everything washed and wiped down and, and spotless. One, one germ of the wrong kind could be disastrous. I washed my hands so many times I found the answers to an eighth grade math test. Over the next few months, we saw doctors at MD Anderson in Texas, a world-renowned oncologist at Northwest University in Chicago, accomplished doctors at Siteman and Barnes in St. Louis and Memorial in Springfield. We drove 40,000 miles in nine months with basically the same answers, same results, none. We had chemo in four different hospitals. Then we went to University Hospital in Indianapolis where a trial study was underway using immunotherapy 
drugs to fight this triple negative breast cancer. Immunotherapy had been effective in fighting other cancers, but it was not yet proven with breast cancer. Now, we love the oncologists, we love the staff at University Hospital, and they were cautiously promising. Chemotherapy began on a 21-day routine in Indianapolis. About a four-hour drive, times that she was denied treatment after we got to Indy because her numbers were not quite what they needed to be. Well, at first, in the study, the tumor shrunk. And then months passed, and they didn't shrink. And then months passed, and the tumors grew. And it was determined that the triple negative breast cancer was now metastasized ovarian cancer. And because of this growth, the immune therapy chemo was no longer effective. We were excused, or in more poignant terms, kicked out of the study. We were devastated. It would not work for us. We came close to qualifying a couple of times, but not really that close. We read hundreds of articles and studies, and we had phone consults with dozens of doctors and clinics. We researched trial studies all over the country, and we had three doctors researching two. We felt like we were stuck on the same page and can't get to the next one to finish the book. Every minute of every day, we would eat, drink, and sleep cancer. Constant intestinal blockages would take us to the emergency twice, sometimes three times a week. And finally, they said they could no longer unblock the intestines with conventional means. The intestines were blocked. They were encased in cancer. And again, surgery was not an option. Surgeons inserted a drain tube to help ease the pain and discomfort, but it did nothing to stop the disease. Doctors would not authorize any further chemo or treatment. Finally, hospice was our only avenue, and Nancy passed on May 7th, 2020. It was peaceful, and Linda and I were with her. The COVID-19 virus kept us from honoring her in the manner that she deserved. Well, we were not the first people to go through this, and we will not be the last. As with Abraham being asked to sacrifice his son, God can ask anything of any of us at any time. And make no mistake about it, he will ask. It can come in many forms, any time, any place. We talked with our spiritual leaders throughout this journey, and more importantly, we talked to each other, and we prayed. If her role played a part in making a trial study work, if a new nurse or resident gained even an ounce of knowledge to help the next cancer patient, if anything was learned from her blood work or imaging, or if offering a smile to a friend in her last days promoted a peaceful heart, 
then it was a glorious sacrifice. For Nancy did not ask, how can I sacrifice? But she did many, many times say, Lord, and now let us join together in the Apostles' Creed, saying, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sit up on the right hand, God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Lord, we talk so easily about being a friendly church. We like to think of ourselves as a place where everyone is welcome. 
but our welcome should not stay confined to the walls of our church or our homes. We are called to adopt attitudes of hospitality to others who may not return the favor, but we are called to be willing to take the risk of hospitality into our workplace, our homes, our community, everywhere we go. You reached out to the people of all kinds and conditions. Many of those people had been rejected by their society and their families, but they were in need of compassionate greeting and friendship. We ask that you be with those who need your tender love and care and your healing touch and your, your gentle grace. Heal our world and our nation. Lord Jesus, as we welcome as we welcomed us, regardless of our faults and failings, let us also be welcoming presence to all those in your name as we pray together as Christ taught his disciples to pray, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let's give our tithes and offering and our whole selves. dedicate these gifts to God by saying the prayer of dedication together. Through the teachings of Jesus, the steadfast love of God, and the empowering winds of the Spirit, we have been taught to share what we have, our time, talent, and treasure, with those in need. As we serve our neighbors, we serve Christ. In gratitude for God's many gifts, we celebrate God's call to care for creation and to boldly love the children of God. Amen. Thank you. 
and they'll know we are Christians by our love. We will walk with each other when God is in our land, and they'll know we are Christians by our love, by my side. We will work with each other, we will work side by side, and we'll guard each man's dignity and save each man's pride, and they'll know we are Christians by our love. Christ brings hope every hour of every day. Sacrifice is not what you decide to do. It is God's choice. He will guide you. He will welcome you. For His will be done. And now, let us receive the benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. Amen. The address for our First Presbyterian Church, Jacksonville, Illinois, is 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, zip code 62650. Our phone number is 217-245-4189. Our email is office at firstpresjax.org. That's office at F-I-R-S-T-P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G. You can reach us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash firstpresjax. 
Our webpage is www.firstpresjax.org. Our Sunday services start at 10 a.m., but we come on the air at 1045 with a slideshow. We invite you to come and view us live on Facebook on Sundays. Leave a comment. Enjoy a great sermon by Jonathan and Warren and whoever is the special music for that day. God bless. <laughs>